Okay, well, I want to introduce what we're doing to this morning. We're having a couple lovely ladies here. Sue Ring and Kaya Saylor are going to come and share letters with us this morning. And they're going to share a letter that they're writing to their younger self. And Sarah is going to come up and interview them. And then after that, if you can be thinking as they're talking even, what are some questions that you want to ask to some seasoned moms who have um, children experienced with parenting, have gone through that journey? So be thinking of your questions. Anything else? Yeah, these are cream of the crop moms. So <laughs> get right. your questions ready, guys. <laughs> um, we have, do you want to introduce them together? We have Kaya Saylor. She, okay, so Holly and I, you initially met her when you had a child in her class, right? That's right. So Same. about um, so Kaya years ago. <laughs> is a veteran uh, teacher at Preschool Partners. And I was just telling her that it's one of those situations where I didn't know what we were getting. Like we, yeah. we got assigned to her class and then all these people were like, oh, you got Mrs. Saylor. You're yeah. so lucky. We tried. For sure. <laughs> so, um, so she's been doing that for, is it six, 16 years? Okay. More than I thought. <laughs> 30 years. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so she has a lot of good stuff to tell us, and um, and she also has adult children. And then we have Sue Ring, who um, has poured into tons and tons of moms over the years, um, including me. I'm her longest work in progress. Um, I'm her middle child, but um, we will uh, get, get to hear more about them from about their backgrounds. But everybody, help me give them a warm welcome, and also be thinking of your questions while they're talking. All right, thank you so much for being here, ladies. We are so lucky to have you. I'm going to start us out with prayer real quick, guys. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this time and space to reflect on motherhood and um, the precious gifts that you've given us and our children. Lord, help us to really learn from these moms today and um, to take the the good things and the hard things that they've learned along the way um, to strengthen us and sharpen us as moms and to help us to um, to just give us perspective on the role that you've placed us in in this season. And we thank you so much um, that you you show us how to parent our children and you shepherd us along the way if we are willing to listen to your voice, Lord. And in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, ladies. So what we asked our moms to do is to, <laughs> um, they're going to, in a minute, they're going to read a letter. But first, I just wanted to give them a chance to talk about their journey as motherhood. Um, so how many kids do you have? How old are they? Do you have any grandkids? Did you forget? <laughs> I forget all the time how old I am. <laughs> okay, I have three daughters. Um, Rachel, Sarah, and Becca, and Sarah's the middle. And um, working on our ninth grandchild. <clears throat> our youngest is pregnant with her third. And um, what else? Is that it? Um, like, how old are your kids? What and grandkids? If you okay. can remember all of that. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, a lot of grandkids. Um, so. Uh, my daughters are 41, 37, and 30, and um, 
Our oldest grandchild is 20, and he's actually living with us right now. And then the youngest is one and a half. Sarah's got an almost two-year-old. And um, let's see, Rachel's children are 20, 19, and 9. And Sarah's are 9, almost 7, and almost 2. And Becca's got a four-and-a-half-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old and a baby in utero. Good morning. I'm sorry I woke up with a cold this morning, of course, so I sound horrible. Um, yeah. And I never get colds, but I was supposed to go see my new granddaughter. She's actually three weeks old now, and I haven't seen her because her sister got RSV. So it's just... And now I can't go today, so I'm really sad. Um, I have three kids in their 30s. Um, two of them have two kids each. They had them, my daughter and my oldest, my son and my daughter had their kids a month apart, their first ones, and they had their second ones a month apart on their second ones. So I think they, they, they're members of some club or something that they... <laughs> um, it's been really fun for me. I've been teaching uh, preschool for a very, very, very long time. And now watching a two-year-old once a week has been very enlightening. Um, and I, I'm known for my advice. I'm happy to give advice to anybody who will listen about parenting. And it's been, it's been very fun for me to see that some things actually really do work. You know, so it's, it's been really, really fun. And it's, it's reminded me of how hard parenting is and, and how very, very hard it is to be a mom. <laughs> it's, it's hard. So um, that's sort of part of my little letter there. But anyway, I'm happy to be here. It's nice to meet you all. Um, and do you want to start out with reading your letter? So what we asked them to do is to write a letter to their younger mom self and uh, kind of to get us started with, with uh where they've been on their motherhood journey, and hopefully we're going to learn some stuff and it'll spark some ideas for questions you might have for them. Okay. Um, I was going to put this in PDF form, but I realized that younger Sue didn't know anything about that and uh, didn't even know what an iPhone was, so I wrote it out like she would understand. So I hope this isn't too long, and if there's any questions about it, you can ask me, but... Um, dear young Sue, I write this to you on paper because you don't, you don't have any idea what an iPhone is yet. The most important thing I would tell you is don't worry. God is in control. When times are hard, and they will be very hard, God is still on the throne. He is always with you. He loves your family even more than you do, and he is always there. He is always at work on your family's behalf, like all of you. Sometimes it's subtle, like in the book of Esther. Sometimes it looks like an epic parting of the Red Sea. And sometimes it even looks like you're rescued from lions, hungry lions. But the main thing is that he is love. And he is all love, he is all powerful, and he is with you. Okay, so now you are a wife and mother, and you love it. And you're from a, you've been from a loving family, and you're loving, loving your children comes easy. It, it, it did come very easy to me. 
and I know it doesn't to everybody, but that, you know, is just something that God gave me. The key is how you demonstrate it. Your children are not your possessions, but they are your responsibility. You are a beacon of light to your children, pointing them to the source of light. Your job is to love them and illuminate Jesus to them. The Holy Spirit is the one who will draw them to himself. Your precious girls are not distractions from real kingdom work. They are your mission. Um, I've always felt like that, but hasn't, haven't always been, um, always hasn't been upheld in either uh, the Christian world or any place in the world. And I read the book called Too Small to Ignore by Wes Stafford. He was the president of Compassion at the time. It's kind of a hard read, so I'm not sure if I would suggest it, but um, he does talk about, like, his main emphasis is that children are important. There are others to care for. But your children are the main object of love that God has poured into your heart to overflow onto them. Mother Teresa said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Okay, got that? I'm telling young Sue. You can get distracted with other needs sometimes, Sue. Here's another thing you needed to learn to do because you didn't have this in your life. But lavish them with love, yes, but... Also, with honest, genuine praise, the world will do its job of tearing them down and making them doubt what God has bequested them, but you be the one who searches for their gifting, their talents, and you draw that out of them. Speak those gifts over them. Speak their worth and value over them till they are filled up and ready to face the world. So you need to be proactive in allowing and asking older women to mentor you. You are not a bother. There were times there were some really wonderful women that I could have gleaned a little more from, but I thought, oh, I don't want to be a bother. Don't look at it like that. God will open up the doors that you need. You are not a bother. Ask for help. Seek advice. Do self-care. Oh, I know. You didn't even know what that was, did you? Having said that, God has custom-designed each of your children, and he has also custom-designed you to be their mother. Ask wisdom of God who freely gives it. He wants you to make the right decisions even more than you do. He will guide you. Glean the best advice and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart about his kids. Also, be a mama bear. No one will be a better defender of your kids than you. Don't care about what others think more than you care about how your child's heart is faring. An example is if you're in the grocery store, you know, don't, and your child is throwing a fit, don't care more about what is happening in other people's minds. Care more about what's happening in your child's mind. I had to learn that. Be the gatekeeper of your home. Don't be afraid to ban unsafe people. God will give you discernment. If someone is unsafe and needs ministering to, God's able to use other methods to reach that person. Remember, your kids, your main ministry. So then I just kind of jotted down some little things like sing to them, read to them, lay down with them, don't ban them to their room. Someday in the future, you'll learn the tomato plant theory. 
oh, well, it's too late, but your grandchildren will benefit from that act of love. <laughs> Prepare them. Use scripture memory. And in our home, we used, um, we put scripture memory to music. And it, I still remember so many of those little songs that we sang. Pray, pray, pray. Your knees will wear out, but it'll be worth it, I promise. Let them know you're on their team. They're not alone. Teach them to care about others, but always making sure their love cups are full. Their needs are recognized and met. Someday these precious kiddos will walk with the Savior. I brought the Kleenex up here for a reason. They will venture to places you never will. They'll be wonderful mothers. And you will know that it was worth it. They are worth it. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Here, I brought Kleenex. (laughs) So, um, I kind of went a little bit... um, of a different road as I thought about writing a letter to myself. Um, it was, a, it was a, a little too deep and a little too hard for me. Um, I, I, she started. So I actually had a very rough childhood. Um, I, at the age of about third grade, I was pretty much on my own, member of a family. Um, so I had a home and food and all of that, but I really was really pretty just swimming swimming on my own. Um, my mom was an alcoholic, my dad traveled. Um, so when I look back and write a letter to myself, I would, I would just say, you know, you, <laughs> you have an angel on your shoulder. Um, you don't know it because you don't know what an angel is. You don't know who God is. And so I would look back and um, tell myself that it's going to be okay. You just have to hang in there, and eventually you will, f- you will find God. So that's kind of the, um, that's, that's the letter I would have written to myself. So instead, I, I kind of wrote a letter to you guys, um, a little more practical sorts of things, because um, that's, that's me <laughs> giving advice. So let me just get a Kleenex real fast here. Well, I really, really didn't expect to be this. Okay. Dear moms, as I thought about what to write in this letter, many, many things came to mind. Most women follow in their mother's footsteps when they are raising their kids. That's what they know and that's what they lived. For some women like me, that doesn't work. When I was growing up, we weren't allowed to ask questions about God. In fact, it was a subject in our house that was not to be discussed. I was number five out of six kids, so I really didn't know anything about God. In high school, I happened upon a Young Life group and discovered that my heart had been aching for a relationship with something and someone I knew nothing about. When I married my wonderful husband, and a few people know him, he's, he's amazing. <laughs> God definitely sent him to me. He is a very faithful, wonderful, dear person. And when we had kids, he grew up Catholic. And so he's he's been very gentle with my journey because when you go from it being sort of a bad thing 
that, that we are not allowed to talk about. You have no idea why that is. Um, and that's a whole that's a whole other story why why that happened. But um, he was very gentle with my journey, and um, he's been very very nurturing and caring. And you know, he continues today to 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 nurture my heart with with God and. Um, so I, I just am so very thankful for him. It's been a very lonely road for me at times because I do have five siblings and my dad is still alive and I am the only one um, who knows God. And it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's very hard. It's, you know, several years ago when my mom was still alive, I remember at dinner and it, at the dinner, I, f I literally found out they just didn't believe any of it. And I, and I remember I had to excuse myself and I was sobbing. And so it's been a bit of a journey with, with my dad and we've had some wonderful, you know, emails and texts back and forth. We've had a couple of conversations about it. And so for me, that's been, that's been wonderful and that's, that's helped my heart a little bit almost. Um, anyway, boy, there was a tangent I just went down. So <laughs> anyway. Because we took our kids, because I went against what I knew and I, and I followed Roy and his heart, I was able to find God and therefore was able to introduce God to my children. Um, they're adults now. I have some, some wishes as far as that goes. We did the best we could as far as, you know, putting God in their hearts. And um, I feel really good about that. I feel like they got to have the chance. I didn't have the chance. So what you, <laughs> what you guys are giving your children is the chance. You know, what they do with it and what they take with it, you can only do so much. But I think, you know, bless you and, you know, for giving your kids the chance to, you know, to know God and love him. Okay, now I'll go a little less sappy. Uh-uh. Okay. I know. I was, I'm <laughs> oh, while I'm still crying, um, my brother-in-law's my my husband's brother is mentally challenged, um, and we've sort of been a huge part of his life. He's in the hospital right now, and is going on day six. And they don't know what's wrong with him. He does not have COVID. His um, his lungs something will not allow him to keep his oxygen level up. So he's got a mask on when he takes it off, it plummets down in the 80s. It's just a, it's a very, so since I have so many wonderful prayers here today, if you would pray for him, his name is Jim. So, okay, all done. Um, my husband doesn't want me to go. It's just, I'm around too many kids and grandkids and stuff, so yeah. But he did just receive a wonderful one hour visit from the pastor of his church. And my husband was just, delighted. So that's another long story. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to read now. When we were raising our kids, my husband, just like my dad, had to travel a lot for work. I decided very early on that I wanted to do better, obviously, for my children. And it was very, very hard. You know, we're 60-ish, and back then we had Dr. Spock, Literally, that was it. Or our mothers. But other than that, we had, we had zero guidance. So, you know, I, I, in thinking back, sometimes I'll say, wow, 
pretty good. You did okay there. And then other times, when I st first started working at, at preschool partners, they have a parent time there, and they give sage advice and lots of things. And I remember many times going, I don't I think that's dumb. I, I don't really agree with that. And then I would go home and think about it, and I would say, the reason you reacted like that is because you wish you would have done it. So it's been a, it's been a fun road for me. It really has been a really fun road, and I really am having fun with my two-year-old. Um, when, when any of your moms look back, no mom can ever look back and say, man, I, I rocked that. <laughs> that was awesome. In fact, no mom can do that in a week's time. You just, you just can't. It's, it's a, it's a, it is hard on an hourly basis. It really is. And there's so much advice now. You know, and that's, that's the hardest thing. I think you guys almost can get too much advice that, that, you know, I'm doing this or she's doing that. Look how she does that. I wish I could do My kids aren't doing what hers are doing. I'm sure it's exhausting. It was very simple for me because I didn't have all that. So, um, so I thought what I would do is give you, I thought, tried to think of um, a couple of things that I think would have changed the course of how I raised my kids. And they're very practical things. Um, and my first thing is parents talk way too much to their kids. And, and I say this because I think back to when I was raised, my third one was the reason I didn't have my fourth one. I always wanted four, yeah. <laughs> Here's a challenge. <laughs> and I didn't, I mean, my parents didn't yell, they didn't do anything. So I had no guidance as far as that went, but I, I just look back to that. It makes me sad because I, I think I used, I definitely used intensity, which is, it just, it's not needed. Intensity is never needed. Um, so I look, I look back to that and I think, yeah, I just remember, I would start here talking to this three-year-old or two-year-old or four-year-old or whatever it was, and I would be, you know, frustrated with them. And then I remember thinking I would just rise, but I would still be talking. You know, and I remember very many times going to my room and I actually went back and apologized to a two or a three-year-old. Well, that's just silliness and that's, there's so many roads I can take with all of this. But if I can give you just a piece of advice, quit talking because your life will change if you find ways to teach your children right from wrong, behaviors, behaviors hard. I mean, you know, I'm learning with my two-year-old. It's exhausting. It's, you know, it's one thing after another, and you try this, and it doesn't work, and you, and you threaten, and you say one, two, three, all those things. If you just find yourself, when you feel like you're telling your three- or four-year-old or whatever the same thing over and over, they're very smart. Two-year-olds, a two-year-old, once you tell a two-year-old, that's Omi's dish, and we don't touch Omi's dish. He knows. I don't have to keep telling him that. So, so instead of me telling him every single time he comes over, that's Omi's dish, um, I can do a hand sign or I can do a signal or I can do a, a noise. I can do anything like that because he doesn't need me to tell him. And in times of turmoil, if you're in the mall and your child has a temper tantrum in the mall, the last thing you should do is talk to the child. He's whacked. He's, he's, he's so far gone, he's not going to listen to a word you're saying at that point. And, and at home, at any time, they're upset. It's just not worth it um, to, to, to talk in the moment. 
Yes, talk, but talk that night when they're in bed. And when, it, when you're not mad, and they're not sad, and, and it's a calm thing. It's always good to discuss behaviors, but just keep yourself from doing them in the moment. It, it does no good. So that's just a piece of advice right there. Um, the second one I would have is um, about marriage. Having children is... This probably isn't going to be very good English, but the, having children is the hardest thing you can do to your marriage. It's, it's rough, and you have to realize that you, you came in from whatever childhood you had. And, and I've told my story many times, and I've had many moms come to me and say, holy cow, thank you for sharing that, and let me tell you my story. You know, so a lot of you have stories. Everybody doesn't have perfect childhoods. So remember your coming in with certain ideals and the way your mom did it, and your mom had these traditions and the way you did this and this. Your husband's coming in from a totally different, the fact that they're, that the chance that they're going to be the same, no, absolutely no way. There's just no way they're going to be even, probably even close to the same. So all of a sudden, here comes little bouncing baby. I guarantee, if, if you did discuss anything before you had that baby as far as, I don't know, what you're going to do, what your plan is, how you're going to handle this. You didn't. Nobody does that. And so all of a sudden, cute little baby is now two, and you're going about things differently. You know, I, I really, my husband and I did not communicate. So my word here is you have to communicate. You have to talk. And it is hard. It's really, even, we've been married for 43 years, and it is still very difficult for me to approach my husband on a very, very sensitive subject because we didn't communicate early on. So whether you've been married 10 years or 5 years or 15 years, you can, you can still start to do that. We were doing a training at preschool recently because we have a lot of new teachers. And... Um, we were, trying, we were saying, what could we do at the end of the day? And we had this whole plan, and I said, wow, what an absolutely wonderful thing for a marriage. What if at the end of every single day you spent with your husband and your children, each person had to say, what went really well today? What do you think went really well? And the second subject would be, what could we, or what could I, or what could you have done differently? And, and I think... It's just that if, if, if I like, had yelled at, at my son and we had talked about it that evening, I think just the communication of, of well, I, I just, I think the way that you went about parenting him, I, I, I didn't think it was the right way to do it. If you don't do that, then what you're going to do is you're going to sweep that under the carpet and your husband's going to discipline like he disciplines and you're going to discipline like you discipline. My way was always the best. I truly believed it. I did. I really thought that my way was the best. He traveled, so that was okay, and I would just, I would just fix it after he left. It's just not healthy. It's just not healthy. So if you have a marriage that's very difficult to communicate, you just need to find a way. Kids get very confused, and their level of trust plummets if they see that you and anybody watching your children, but for sure mommy and daddy, if they're not on the same page as far as 
everything. And it's, it's really hard. It's really, really, really hard. But you have to discuss things away from the kids. You cannot come in and rescue your children from your, from your husband because he's not doing it right. It's the worst thing you can do because that shows your kids, well, mom doesn't think he's doing it right, so <laughs> why should I? So if I could say that and talk to your husband, and I don't need you to come in and save me. That's another thing that... that adult that a marriages often do is and I'm sure I did it well your dad's gonna be home pretty soon and you know he's not gonna be very happy well that's 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 telling your children that you can't handle it it's like well see because you have to you uh, my dad has to come in and save you so you're telling me you can't handle it so I'm gonna continue this this behavior because you're not gonna do anything about it you're waiting for my dad to come home so just, just talk and talk specifically. You know, it's. A, I noticed today something that's been bothering me today. I noticed you, you did or you said so and so. Um, can we just talk about that? Or I, I noticed that I did so and so, and I'm feeling really bad about that. How did, how did you think? You know, what did you think about that? So, anyway, sorry, this is very long. I'm sorry. My final thought is remember to laugh. And that is such an important, it's, it's a very, very important thing. And it's not something you think about. And you have to provide, provide places to laugh. One of my favorite things to tell people is a lot of people have trouble with temper tantrums and kids just losing it. And I will tell them the best thing you can do that night is to have a play. And let daddy or mommy be you the child, and let the kids watch what happened in the grocery store. And it's, it's funny. I mean, you've got, you've got, you know, mom and dad play acting, and all of a sudden dad is on the ground kicking his feet and crying, and the kid's going, oh, my God. <laughs> They're seeing themselves. You can tell kids, don't have a temper tantrum. When you go to the store today, you know, we can tell, we tell, 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 tell them. If they can see things, it makes such a huge difference. The next time they throw themselves down on the floor to have a temper tantrum, they're going to, they're going to remember dad. And it's, it's hopefully that kind of thing will click in. And you can do that with all behaviors, anything. You can do it with routines. Practice them. Turn them into plays. Um, and make, make them fun and funny and giggle. And remember that you guys are doing a way better job than you think you are. Don't beat yourselves up. The fact that you are in a mom's group is so fabulous. You know, it really is fabulous. So congratulations that you guys have this and that you guys can depend on each other and lean on each other because that's such an important thing for moms. So, thanks, guys. Sorry, that was so nice. That was so great. I did not expect to cry. I'm glad you brought tissues up. Um, yeah, I, I've gotten so many good ideas just having Mrs. Saylor um, as, <laughs> I'm not allowed to call her Kaya, in front of my kids. Um, totally. I'm getting used to it. Um, so, yeah, like, we have done um, that kind of example like play acting thing with like when our family goes on hikes we'll pretend we're like uh, the kids are the teacher 
and then I'm like a good student and Clint's like the bad kid and and they keep having to like discipline him um and so it, it's nice for them to kind of like roll reverse like that once in a while and another thing that Kaya did really well with um that we stole in our family is having puppets um so they have like puppets in preschool I think you know lots of lots of preschools do but like the the kids are just so in awe of them and they'll follow the directions like I'll I'll have right now with our almost two-year-old I'll have him eat vegetables the puppet asks him like can you eat your green beans and he's like (laughs) he's like this is amazing what is this technology and and so it it's amazing so many good ideas and creative things that you can pick up from anyway go, try and get try and get your kids in her class um and um so i was just going to ask you guys a few questions before we open it up to everybody else i wanted to ask you one thing that i feel, i have felt plagued with as a mom um of little kids um and now kind of like restarting, I have elementary age kids, but then I have like a little one, is that people will stop you all over creation and on social media and say like, don't forget this moment. Don't forget it. Like, enjoy it. It goes so fast. And it's hard because you are in the thick of it and you're mitigating tantrums and you're working on behavior and you're tired and you're waking up during the night. Like, what what do you have now that you have like more perspective if, with adult children? What ideas do you have that you would tell your younger self on trying to capture those moments and memories and um, give yourself like more perspective on this? This is fast. This will go fast, and I need to enjoy it and stay present. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say one thing is um, doing things like this, getting away pulling away with people who are like-minded and in your same position. And it helps you just kind of like get a more bird's eye view, like um, a viewpoint of, you know, this is important. And I'm, I'm not one of my three-year-olds. I'm not one of my toddlers. I am, I am an adult and I have taken on this responsibility and I can do this, you know, with God's help, I can do this. And, um, when you said about capturing the moments and one thing I've been suggesting to people because I was not good at writing it down but I would suggest to people to keep telling the stories and um, my daughters and my husband and our the son-in-law we all circulate these stories a lot because we want to remember things you know and we'll say remember when who's the secretary we need somebody to be writing them down you're the secretary. Dang it. But, um, but we always tell this story about um, we were in Ross one time, and Bella, who's the 19-year-old now, she was two or three. She was two, two or three. And Sarah let her out of the cart, or maybe I did. I don't know. So one of us did. And she started just like toddling away, you know, as fast as she could and going really fast. And um, Sarah started following her and she puts her hands on her hips. She turns around and she goes, stop following me. And we say that, we quote that, you know, sometimes and just as a joke and just funny things like that. And um, I think that, 
I think just getting, you know, pulling away, and it doesn't even have to be, it can be reading, it can be taking a bath, whatever it is, it's kind of pulling away, getting that perspective, let God just kind of speak to your heart and give you rest and self-care, which I didn't know about when I was a young mom. That's great. Thank you. Well, my germs are already on this. Okay. <laughs> sure to wash your hands. <laughs> um, that's, I had three things that popped into my mind. Um, well, it's funny. Um, when when uh, Ryan and Tori moved back to Colorado, and, and with both of my kids, I had we had baby books back when when our kids were little because there was no internet, so. Um, we actually had a baby book, and, and, it, and it's totally filled out, and on many of the pages I wrote, you know, today. The, you were the good, Mom. Little, yeah, I, that is, that's one of the... <laughs> I didn't do that. Not very many things that I did that I did that I'm really proud of. But it was so funny, the reactions from my children when they saw that. It was, I mean, I, especially for my son, I kind of expected this sort of a, oh, you know... But he was reading every page. So there's just something about the handwritten word. Um, and I remember with Lindy, I got her one, and I said, you keeping up on your baby book, are you? And she's like, Mom, I'm really busy. <laughs> you know, it's hard. You know, so that day I took out a thing of sticky notes, and I just started writing down every cute thing he said. Because you, you forget. And you, you guys have video, which is lovely. And you'll capture some, but some you won't. And, and you know, like we, we, you were just saying, you won't remember. I promise you what you will not remember. So keep a journal or get a baby book. They're so cute and fun. Um, oh, I can't remember the third. Oh, I did. Traditions. Start traditions. That's one thing that I, I did not do a good job with, with my growing, with my kids. They're wonderful. Kids look forward to traditions, whether they're little or big. You know, every Sunday morning we do this. Every, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, but it's something that they look forward to and they will remember and they will pass along to their kids. And I'm sad that my kids, they don't have any. So I just think that's really a neat thing. I'm always envious of, of people when they talk about what they did when, when their family was little and now they do it. So that's a... My third thing on this is a little bit in what you said, but I think it's so important because the older I get, some of you probably still have grandparents that are your grandparents. Please talk to them. I mean, don't, don't let those years go by. And, and this is, that's the last set of people who were before technology. You know, we, we, we have, I, I have some, some memories of when I was really, really little, some funny stuff. Um, you know, we had cords on our phones, that kind of thing. Um, and that is kind of funny when you show a, you know, three or four-year-old, these phones are like, what's that? <laughs> so, just kind of fun. Um, but to talk to your, your parents is huge. You guys do it, but have your kids write questions if they're ever going to see their grandparents or somebody just of that generation. If somebody's coming over for dinner, have them each write, you know, five questions to ask that person. It's, they're, they're going to leave the earth and, and all of that wonderful knowledge and simplicity um, is going to go away. So that's a little thing.
That's so sweet. Yeah, my friend did a book like that with, for, with her, um, I think it was her in-laws. I had them like, it, it was like some sort of like thing you can sign up for where you like, it prompts you and then they make a book out of it. Anyway, yeah, those tradition things, I feel like I, um, like we had traditions growing up. Um, and also I've like learned a lot from preschool partners, like trying to, um, start little traditions that it's weird how the kids look forward to like we started um, every morning there's a fresh blanket of snow in the winter we get hot cocoa before school so I always make hot cocoa they're like it's a hot cocoa morning and stuff like that and my friend just told me the other day like I went over to her house and there was fours all over everything and she every time her kid has a birthday one of her kids they cut out that number and put it everywhere, all over the house. And oh, it's so heard sweet, and they leave it up for a few weeks. And I'm like, oh, that's a fun tradition. I don't, I don't want to start another tradition, but maybe somebody else will use that one. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of cutting. <laughs> that's the thing about traditions, though. It's the same as anything else. You can't keep up with your neighbor. So find your little traditions. Like you can have one tradition a year. That's wonderful. Don't put pressure on yourself now to, because I'm already thinking, oh, when Logan turns three, I can put three all, threes all over his head, you know. So. And they're like both really busy professionals. And they, she said they just sit in the basement and cut out the letters. I'm like, you know, you could like buy those. You could buy numbers. Um, okay, so I had a couple, I had just... Um, I guess I'll, yeah, I, I think we have time for it and then we'll open it up to questions. So, um, I wanted to ask you guys, what's something that you really miss about having little kids? Let's say like elementary school and younger, like what is something that you look back and really cherish during that time? I miss, um, one of the things I look, when I think back to when the girls were younger, I think about summer days, and I loved summertime so much when we didn't have a regular routine and we could just, you know, just kind of hang out together, you know. Uh, we lived in Dallas, and a lot of times we would go to the mall because it was cooler at the mall, and <laughs> it was so hot in Texas. But um, I just remember, like, talking about books and my husband put this little um, stage out back. It, was, it wasn't elaborate or anything. It was just like a little, you know, wooden stage. And the girls would invite all the kids in the neighborhood would come to our house a lot. I made so much macaroni and cheese in those days. And, and they would put on plays, like every day, practically, they would put on plays. And I just... I just are some of the grandchildren are at the age that I really cherish. I remember the girls being at and um, in saying that some of you that have babies now, you, it's just, it's hard to say goodbye to the baby stage. And I, I did cherish those times and I would think, Oh no, my child's going to be two. She's not going to be a baby anymore. And, and then I would have so much fun, you know, with the next stage so I would just like say, you know, embrace every stage 
because I have loved every state. There was a couple of teenage years that weren't the best, but the, but there's so many stages and there's so many thing, fun things to embrace in each stage of li- of their lives. And one thing, one advice, and I if you're in, if you've been in my mom's group, you've probably heard me say this, but but. Um, one thing I had to do was find something that my child loved to do and that I liked doing and genuinely liked doing and do those, make sure you're doing that together. At one point, one of my kids was kind of like, what do I need you for? And going through middle school years. And the one thing that we had that we would do together and we both enjoyed was watching this one program after school together. And... And um, that was a time, like, she would come up and she would, like, sit next to me and cuddle with me and she'd have her after-school snack. And and um, I didn't dare, you know, come up and hug her when she was at school or anything. But when she, But those were the times that she can glean from me and, and take, you know, that fill up her love cup and... Um, so I and I and I really emphasize that it be something you enjoy too, because it'll come through that you're just kind of faking it, you know. So find something. There will be something that you all enjoy. You know, you both enjoy together. You you think about a friend that you have, and you kind of like spark this interest together, and that that kind of fun feeling, you know, of like being together, and that's what you want to recreate with your child. Um, I would just say probably the thing I miss most is singing with my kids. That was the one thing from my childhood is we used to sing in the car, and I still know many, many of those songs. That was a a tradition, probably the only one I have, but it it really rang through to me, and um, (laughs) so funny. When uh, we would would be in the car, uh, so Ryan, Lindy, and Casey... And Ryan was the oldest. Well, Lindy and Casey and I would sing. We called them God songs. And Ryan, he just, he, we would do it on purpose because he would get so, so, he just didn't want us to sing. So, so we would all three just sing and we'd laugh. And it, that, that's, for me, that's a wonderful memory. I think for me, I, I miss what I long for. And I, I, I look back. I, I do have a lot of regrets with Grace and my kids. They are the most fabulous children. They they grew up to be lovely people. You know, mine too. Yeah. Um, but I I miss. I wish I would have taken time to smell the roses a little bit more. You know, I was so worried about getting this done or getting that done that I that I forgot to stop and smell the roses. And we didn't have video cameras back then. We had. I'm a photographer, so. I do have a lot of pictures, but not enough, you know, not enough. So just, just remember to, 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 to take that time to look into their little eyes and um, just take that time. Oh, they're so precious. They're just so precious. I, I'm just so madly in love, you know, at this point. And I, I know I was loving and I know I was a wonderful mom, but I can't remember a lot of it because I was, it was just... You know, I was on my own because my husband was gone a, a lot. So just take it all in. You know, enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it. It's just 
That's so sweet. I love that. Um, and I know that you are an amazing mom because you're who you are. So, um, but we don't always remember what we have done right, right? <laughs> um, and what do you love about having adult children? Because I, I think that so often we talk about like hanging on to like with a death grip to this season that we're at that we don't, um, nobody talks about like what we have to look forward to. Um, and I think that's important for us to know that there is a lot more ahead um, in motherhood. Like it's a lifelong gig. So what do you love? Sue, what do you love about having a 37 year old? Just kidding. That's me. Everything. (laughs) I'm going to make it brief because I know people probably have questions, but um, I, I have the best circumstance because I, all, all three of the, our daughters are here in town and all the grandchildren. And, um, I know that I'm blessed and Greg hears that from his, from people he works with every day. He'll, they'll say, Oh, you are a rich man for having, you know, your children close by and having good relationships. And I know that that's a gift from God. Um, I have loved, they're, they're my favorite people to be with. I have good friends. I have really wonderful friends, but nobody talks being with my children. And um, I love it so much when they just come by, bring their kids, and we just like hang out and talk. And I love being part of their lives and being in there with them, you know, walking through this stage with them. It's totally unprecedented in our family because I didn't have it as a kid. I had, there was no family around. When we were raising our kids, we didn't have any family around. So it's not that you can't do it, you know, without parents around, but it's just kind of a different, um, it's just an added blessing, I think. If you don't have that type of relationship with your mother, which I know a lot of people don't, if you do, just embrace it even more. But if you don't have that type of relationship, I would seek it if you can. But I know that um, there's just some circum- some relationships you just can't, and and you just you have it takes two, you know, to make it a, a workable relationship. So maybe find somebody else that you can have that relationship with. There's a lot of lonely women um, who feel like my purpose in life is done. You know, I'm in my 60s and I don't have anything left to do. And if someone approached them and said could you just hang out with me and my children sometimes, you know, or could you come over and just sit with them while I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a birthday cake, you know, can you just come over and just hang out with us? They would love it. So look how for that we, opportunity. Um, how do they find them? We need an app. I, I have met a lot of young, a Where's lot your of moms app? my age who, who, you just, know what? I've, I've met a lot of moms my age who don't have that kind of relationship. Either their mom lives far away or they just don't have that kind of connection. Do you think at church is a good place? That's the only place that I know of is at church. I'm sure there's other places, maybe the Y. I know my youngest daughter just joined the Y, and there's a lot of women that come every day to the Y, and then they'll sit around. I don't know if they do this now, but they, they do like do three workout classes. What? They do like three workout classes. Or they, or they do their workout, and then they sit and have coffee. 
I, yeah. I remember at Target, there used to be this group that come by and just sit there and talk. But anyway, sorry. Okay. I know you guys have questions, so I don't want to talk to I'm just, I'm friends with all three of my kids. I value their friendship. We talk as friends. I can talk on the phone, especially to my oldest son, for an hour. We just, you know, and my husband always comments that he just, he loves our relationship. And Lindy's my best friend. She's just so fabulous. And we had, we had some rough, rough years in middle school and high school, I will tell you. Um, so it's really, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's great. Yay. And I love the thought of that, like, um, if your kids are going through like a rough season, whether it's in their teen years or their young adult years, like the story is not over. Like God is still writing their story and your relationship. So I think that's really cool. Okay, uh, who has questions? I'll walk around with the mic. Jordan. Thank you so much, ladies. I have so many questions, so many, but the one that's kind of pressing on my mind is in relation to what we just talked about. So your adult children and how you're both friends with your adult children, what can I do with my kids now to ensure that I have that friend relationship that they want to come home to and they feel safe to come home and I'm not someone they don't want to be with, you know, because of X, Y, and Z. What can I do now to build that relationship? Well, I think Sarah might want to answer that better than me, but um, I remember, you know, when I said about letting the Holy Spirit uh, lead you in the final answer for how you treat your children and how you handle certain situations, because I remember getting advice sometimes from really um, well-known Christians, leaders, and um, from other people who have done what, and they said this was a success. And, and just having like a check in my spirit that this is not the right thing for my child. And I remember one circumstance that if I had done what they told me to do, which was kind of almost like sending your child to your, their room. It was a little more serious than that, but it's kind of like that. I don't think I would have that relationship with my daughter that I, that I do now. And I think it would have wounded her. And um, I think that you, you have to be the one, you know, you can get lots of advice. The other thing I tell people is, I don't think you should follow one set of parenting advice. Like, I know there's books out there that give this whole routine of do this, 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 and this. I don't agree with that. I think that one other person does not know because God has made us custom designed. He made our relationship with our children custom designed. And um, your children are custom designed. And um, you need to deal with them the way God would have you deal with them. So um, I don't know, Jordan, if that answers it. But, but I think that finding something you enjoy together, I think that's important. Yeah. No. That's great. 
comments on that one. I would just say talk to your kids. That's one thing is start when they're babies and, you know, when they go to preschool, you know, get them to talk to you. Girls are really talkers, but boys not necessarily. And they start when they are three year old, three years old with not wanting to talk about their life. And it's a, it's a strange thing, um, but if you work at it and you work on it, then when your child is in third grade or fifth grade, that boy will talk to you. I did not do that, so in third grade and fifth grade, my boy did not talk to me. He talked to his friends, and um, that's a huge mistake that I made, and it's, it's a, I'm, I'm very lucky that, that I am such good friends with my kids, and they do come to me for advice, but I think I'm lucky. I, I do think I'm lucky. So I would just say deep conversations um, with all of your kids, but really, if you have a boy, you have to nurture that. You have to, you have to keep doing it. And they will continue to come to you, but they're not going to if you don't, if you don't feed that, I don't think. So, or you're lucky like me. I love that. Okay, who else has a question? I think you had mentioned something about the tomato plant theory, and I haven't heard of that. Could you share? Sarah, do you want to sure. explain it? So we've talked in mom's group in the past about um, tomato plant, and, and um, it's kind of like a time-in type of thing. Um, and the whole concept is like... Um, instead of sending your child away from you when they do something wrong um, or they're misbehaving, um, you draw them near the way that God does for us. And explaining it to a young child, like a three-year-old, let's say, is God trusted mommy with you when he, when he made me your mom. So uh, you are not growing the right way. Like when a tomato plant um, has to grow the right way, they put this little, I'm not a gardener, they put like a little cage around it. <laughs> and, and it shows the tomato plant which way to grow. And so you are going to stay close to me right now until you're ready to grow the right way. So if you're cooking dinner, they sit on the counter and talk to you while you're cooking dinner. And um, they know that it's a punishment, but you're not being punitive in that moment. It's um, connection. And then um, after a little while, uh, you can say, are you ready to grow the right way? And then they might say yes. And then, um, you know, then we kind of encourage the four-part apology if they have to apologize to somebody. I, I'm sorry because they named that thing it was it was wrong I, i'm sorry for doing that thing it was wrong because next time i will will you please forgive me so that's kind of like um a, a concept that we talked about in mom's group so that's the tomato plant the good good question sorry we just kind of reference it like that sometimes <laughs> anybody else Jordan, you're up again. You're great. You're a great student. A plus. <laughs> Thank you. I said I have so many, so I'll just keep going. Um, what's one discipline or teaching strategy that you don't regret doing with your kids or something you feel really confident about? That we don't regret? Correct. 
discipline or teaching. Or teaching. Yeah. Teaching. Um, one thing I don't think I mentioned discipline, too much. Discipline. Discipline. <laughs> What'd you say? Discipline strategy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ignore that one. No. <laughs> what? One thing I don't regret. I. One thing I tried very hard. Somebody told me at one point, don't ever let your kids feel like they're the poorest kid in the room or the richest kid in the room. Um, because you think about like our worldview and um, my husband was working at Dallas Seminary when the kids were younger and um, I had the privilege, it was really a privilege of helping start the food pantry for the international students because they'd come and they just didn't, they didn't have any money when they got here. And, um, and so I started that and Sarah was like a toddler or preschool at the time. And she would go with me and I would fill up my little minivan and take it there and we would distribute um, food. And I had prayed before that, that God would help me because we lived in an affluent society, you know, Dallas especially was very, so much like that, especially in the 80s, it was like that. And, and um, so I wanted them to learn how to give. And um, so, I, I, so I wanted to teach them to give. And I'm telling you at this point, all three of them are such, they see other people's needs and they really care about other people. And you know, of course, it's just God's grace, you know. But um, I think that one thing I probably wasn't as good at was filling up their cup, you know, when, like seeing what their needs were sometimes, you know. I mean, I, I did most of the time, but there are times I didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You want to So that, yeah, so it's I don't regret doing. Right. So I think I would say because of my childhood, one thing that I don't regret is giving my children too much independence. It, it did come back to bite me a little bit in high school, I will say, but um, my children grew up to be very independent thinkers and were never afraid to tackle anything new. So because I didn't know how to, I didn't come anywhere close to helicoptering my parents, my children, I mean. They were, I mean, back in those days, our kids went out and played on the street for hours. That's how I grew up. That's what I did with my kids. Um, again, probably maybe lucky a little bit, um, but I gave them a lot of freedom. My, my kindergartner set his own alarm clock. He, you know, to, to wake up for kindergarten. I was right there, but... So all those independence things, I think, really um, rang, rang through to their lives. And I had a lot of other people, like, they couldn't believe that my kindergartner had his own alarm clock and would get himself up. So I'm, I'm, pr- I'm, I'm glad I did gave them that independence because I, I think it really helped them through their lives. One other thing, Jordan, is I think that there were times when my kids were, if they would complain about things, I would ask them to write down things they were thankful for. And, you know, we all need to be more thankful. I don't remember doing that, but I made one of my kids do that the other day. So it must have stuck. (laughs) Okay, we have one more question, guys. Anybody have? I see you. 
I just want to say I enjoy seeing all the children and please don't worry if your kids are making any noise or anything. I, we love having the kids here. Kai and I love kids and um, it's just a joy to see them. So don't feel bad if they make a peep or something. Oh, she's fine. I just don't want to see uh, you discussed uh, encouraging, especially boys while they're young, to um, talk with them and, and encourage them to open up so that they continue to do that as they're older. What are some maybe practical ways of, of doing that? I think it, I agree with the concept, but how do you do that um, I have a two and a half year old boy, so he's, you know, getting close to three years old. And aside from badgering them with questions or, you know, trying to overwhelm them, um, what are some ways that you can encourage them to talk to you and open up to you without um, overwhelming them? Um, I would say um, asking children in general, um, but especially since you asked the boy question, um, asking their opinion on things I think is really valuable um, because we are we so often are, are talking at our kids. I think they don't often, f it's just the way it is, but they don't feel valued. They don't feel like they have any power. So I think to give kids power um, in asking their opinion on things, what's your opinion on what we should have for dinner. I think the more that you do that kind of thing, um, asking questions like, you know, why do you think the moon is in the sky? Those kinds of things, like where you just are really just having conversations. And I always tell my um, preschool parents, you know, don't, when your child comes out of preschool, don't say, so what'd you, what happened at school today? What did you learn? What did you... Um, you have to be very specific because kids worry that they're not going to say something correctly or right. So rather than share something with you, um, they'd rather not because, because they have this fear that it's not going to come out right or, um, yeah, it's not, they're not going to say it right. So a lot of times kids will keep stuff inside because they're afraid to share it due to um, how you might react. You know what I mean? So it's it's g very gentle conversations when they're two and three and four. Um, I, I I hope I'm hoping that with Logan. I don't know from my own experience because I didn't do it, but I I would hope that by just having conversations about things that that it would come very naturally to a boy who's in fifth grade to come to you and say, "Mom, you know, whatever it is, you know." So that's I would just say. Conversations are so valuable, I think. So, that helped. Did you, did you say like how you would start that conversation with the kid after preschool and instead, I remember there was like prompts for us as parents at preschool partners, but like instead of saying, what did you learn today? What's like a gentle way to start that? Um, I usually, kids, kids really fall for anything at age of three and four. I mean, like she was talking about puppets, my four and five year olds look at that puppet like it's a human being still, and they laugh when he does something silly, they talk to him, it's, it's really quite amazing. Um, 
So in the way that you ask your questions, you can give them the answer. So uh, it's just what I would say. Ask the question in a way that you are enabling them to give you the answer somehow, whether you supply both answers so they can pick one of them. Um, it's just in the way that you ask that takes away any of that intimidation. Um, like, did you learn about rockets or boats today or yes, something yes. like that? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think you, we, didn't you, you know, you learned about a, a, a monkey today or was it a, you know, the monkey did that and then they're, they're very free then to go, no, that's not what happened. So, <laughs> and then they're like, oh, poor mom, <laughs> she doesn't get it, <laughs> but that's okay. Because they that way they feel power. They're teaching you something. So so the more power you can give a kid, the more willing they are to talk. I think. Yeah, I love setting them up to teach you something, like like say the alphabet wrong, and then they're mom. Yes. That's right. not how you do it. Yeah, that's really. See, they have so much wisdom, guys. Uh, let's give them a hand. Thank you so much for being here. And we have about 19 more minutes. Um, so why don't you spend some time, you can uh, discuss and also exchange prayer requests if you have time for that and pray together. So thanks so much for being here today. Thank you especially because we didn't have childcare. I can't believe all of you finagled childcare. Way to go. Or brought your kids, which is also awesome. So way to go. Thanks for being here, ladies.